five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome everyone to Truth, Beer, and Podsequences. I truly hope everyone had a wonderful holiday uh, Christmas. Today we are back at Higher Gravity Summit Park recording on the day after Christmas because, uh, you know, we don't stop. No, we do not take days off. <laughs> this is the podcast where we listen to all the Cincinnati-based craft beer media uh, and then we get together here. Just as we said we were back at uh, Higher Gravity, thank you for being a gracious podcast host. We get together and we give our version of the truth of how those uh, different bits of media uh, went, and hopefully there aren't too many consequences from the hosts of the other uh, craft beer media, and so far we're okay. Yeah, you only were, you know, an attempt on your life was only taken once, so how so far could we be doing? Yeah. So far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... We've got a lot, actually, to talk about, but before yeah. we get into any of that, my name is Marco. I'm a taproom manager here locally, and that other voice you heard belongs to the best co-host in Podcastlandia. My name is Julia, and I have opinions on Christmas movies. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marco, you need to uh, continue to listen to up. a few other things before you will get that reference. Yes. But it is wonderful. Listen to your stupid opinions. No affiliation with us or beer or anything at all that has to do with us. We just freaking love that show. We do. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are ours and ours alone. They do not reflect any entity which we may be affiliated with, such as full-time jobs or higher gravity itself. If you want to get at us about something, we will tell you at the end of the pod, or I'm sure you can find how to reach us, uh, whether it's through social media or through our email address. We have electronic mail. What? Since when? We did did get rid of the... um, the box yeah the the p.o box the p.o box yeah. we got rid of the p.o box we got we no one sent us anything it was all email so yeah it was just electronic yeah. mail so yep got rid of the p.o box and the carrier pigeon yes rita was had a good get, bird had to give her away mm-hmm. good job rita <laughs> <laughs> good job <laughs> so oh what are we doing oh what are God. we doing well what know. we're doing is we're going about to talk about some craft beer media here coming up and the also wouldn't be a good craft beer podcast if we weren't having a beverage and today we are back having craft beer <laughs> so julia what are you <laughs> drinking i am drinking fretboards drummer boy not barrel aged just straight old drummer you did boy. have the barrel aged was that yesterday for Christmas or the day before? Uh, Christmas day, bo- Eve. day before, Christmas Eve. Saw yeah. that. Yeah, that was the barrel aged version. Absolutely fantastic. Good one. Love the spear in the winter, even though it doesn't really feel like winter. It's fine. Mm. It's totally okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's completely all right. I'm having. Is, yes. I'm having weekend vibes. American IPA from Coronado uh, Brewing. And it's clear. It's it is wonderful. Clear. It's the way it should it be. It's wonderful. I agree. It's the way it should be if you if you order a West Coast IPA. Or an American IPA, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make it clear, please. Yes. Uh, you yes. Know, and yes. if you don't, then I will judge you. Harshly and severely. Yes. Until the end of time. Uh, the absolute <laughs> end of time. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, as Marco said before, we have a lot to talk about today. So let's see if we are on... All the same pages with all of the media that we have consumed in the last week, which our notes typically match up, so I'm pretty sure we're good here. But let's double check. Okay. We have, this is from a, like two weeks ago, maybe. Seems like a month ago. It feels yes. like a month ago, but Jung- it was the holidays. Jungle Jim's International Podcast, episode 116, about fruitcake and cocktails. Yes. We have uh, the most recent episode of the Beers and Beards, or Beards and Beers, or Bees and Buzz Bonnets, I have no idea, podcast. Yep. All right. We have, we actually have an episode of 
the Cincinnati Brewcast. All right. To talk and about. we cheers when we say the name of that podcast wrong. We it's do. Cincy Brewcast. But. And then we have four episodes yeah. of Brew Skies to yeah. talk about. Three of those are their interview with Jim Cook. Phenomenal. Can't wait for that. And then the fourth one is their year recap of Booze News for the Bruce Guys Booze News YouTube show. Yep. So that's a lot. Where that's a lot. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the oldest, the JJ's. JJ's? All right. Jungle Gems. Jungle Gems International Podcast Episode 116 Fruit Cake Hot Takes with Jacob Trevino. Uh, Jacob is. Part of places such as the Overlook Lodge, Tokyo Kitty, and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob was on episode 15 of Hustle and Brews. Yes. If you want to check out that podcast. And there was some fun dialogue about horror movie survival camp at the Overlook on episode 134 of What You Into. So if this, if this piece of media interests you, those are two other places where you can listen and find out more about Jacob and the Overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, both fantastic shows. This was both podcast form and YouTube video form. And I will say this is one where the visual element absolutely makes this so much more enjoyable as they're going back and forth and having a great time doing what they're doing. So I would recommend watching the YouTube video of this episode. But if you can't for whatever reason or if YouTube's just not your thing, the podcast is a hell of a lot of fun to listen to. It, uh, it yep. was definitely... Uh, a good watch. Um, mm. I, I saw it on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I take in most of the Jungle Gems podcast when it when it comes to being somewhere uh, close to a topic that we're going to discuss. I, I tend to, to go to YouTube to watch them. It, it's, it is a very visual show. It doesn't have to be like you again. You get a ton out of it in just audio only. But man, having that visual and watching just the shenanigans that happen, it really just adds an extra element to the Jungle Gyms International media cast. I felt like it was something <laughs> that we should talk about, number one, because yeah. Jungle Gyms is a great place to get uh, a craft beer. Um, also, yes. Yes. Uh, the around the holidays, this was sort of, it was... Uh, it was clearly um, an alcohol adjacent mm-hmm. or, or d- talking about alcohol. Sure, um, sure. And as a small business owner who was on podcasts that yes. we talk about, yes. that's why that's where the connection is. Like the, the seven degrees of Kevin it, Bacon is because he was on the podcast that we talked right. about. So it's not directly in our wheelhouse, but it is so close to being in our wheelhouse that, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not and at least just it? asking you to, if you have the time, just pull it up and watch. Yeah, you know? support the other local media channels exactly. that are out there. Exactly. So they started this episode off with Jacob talking about how his in-laws managed to touch absolutely everything in Jungle Gyms, <laughs> which is no small feat. That's amazing. I mean, how, amazing. Yes, he's just like, I'm not exactly sure how, but they somehow managed to touch everything in this everything. store. Everything. And Mark was even like, eh. Everything. And just, uh, so I don't know everything. He's everything. Like, no, everything. like He's literally like, everything. Every. Hands all over it. So if you're looking for some trace DNA for like a crime scene, Woo. there you go. Woo. There you go. Jungle Gyms. Just just throwing that out there. 
uh, Jungle Jim's does make their own fruitcake, which I did yes. not know. I didn't know that either. That's and they, interesting. And they personally age it for 10 years before they even put it on the shelf. That way it has that perfect personal touch. consistency. Yeah. 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 So that's something that... I don't know if I'm in the mood for fruitcake anymore since it is after Christmas, but right. next year I might have to hit up Jungle Jim's, get some aged fruitcake, and make some of these cocktails because they sounded absolutely amazing. They they dump concrete when these uh, nuclear reactors mm-hmm. like crack. Yeah, uh, yeah. The their king their uh, their fruitcake yeah. is the, is the next ba- step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next step. Yeah. If the concrete didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I'd believe it. Uh, this is some of the difference between the YouTube video and just listening to this episode on a podcatcher. Podca- the podcast is not quite the perfect media format for seeing cookie cutter fruitcake shapes. Yeah. So there was again, that. they they describe them in great detail. Uh huh. But really seeing them just kind of. Also, it, the wardrobe. The attire. Uh, how, ooh, yeah. Mm, yeah. We cannot overlook that. Cannot overlook that. Uh, They walked through how to make a fruitcake syrup for these cocktails. So Mm -hmm. none of the cocktails actually contain any fruitcake other than the The garnishes, which were the cookie cuttered. Or garnish. Garnish. Oh, is that French? You tell me. Uh, You're fluent. No, 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 (laughs) no. (laughs) Je not. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, but the uh, the cocktails that they walked through making are a fruitcake old fashioned, uh-huh. a fruitcake champagne spritzer, a fruitcake yes. non alcoholic eggnog that you can make alcoholic should you desire. Right. And I'm not gonna like they all sounded really good and very easy to make. Like, I think if was, they would have actually had a, a an event. That you could show up to and have oh, yeah. these? Oh, 100%. Then well, I mean, Overlook Lodge did have an event. Uh, they did. The event is over. Actually, the event sold out, uh, I think, two weeks before like their end date for the, the holiday event at the lodge. I saw some pictures of one of my friends who was able to get tickets and went, and that's one of those, okay, next year, I, th- I think I really need to have this on my radar to go to. I still need to make it to the Overlook Lodge, period. Me too. So okay, well let's go. Let's let's figure out. Yeah, a let's good, go. We need to figure it out. Like right now, are we just gonna just go? No, let's finish this. Okay, all right, all right. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Uh, they answered some some, some classic cocktail questions. Yeah. As they started to wrap up this episode, such as, "Are cloacas good for you?" <laughs> How? <laughs> it was legit in like this. It was legit in the episode. Like <laughs> this is not me making shit up. <laughs> How structurally sound is fruitcake, going back to your nuclear yeah. reactor uh, scenario? Yep. And does it matter what the first two gifts are? Yeah. Riveting conversation. Yeah. Watch and or listen and find out. We strongly recommend watching because, because, again, just they are having so much fun that I was still giggling along because I listened to the – I watched it and then I listened to the podcast version while I took my notes – I was still giggling just as hard listening to it, but having, again, as I've said a billion times already, that visual element, the wardrobe, and seeing them try to make these cookie-cutter fruitcake thing, (laughs) it's amazing. (laughs) It is absolutely amazing, and it is definitely worth your time. So check out Jungle Gym's International Podcast, episode 116, preferably on YouTube, but... Your podcatcher of choices. Do whatever you well. need to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Marco, that were that were is all. That be done. That that be my notes. You good with your notes? Good. All right. Cool.
Uh, they, have, you, they match your notes. I, I know. Exactly. But I always want to make sure. I want to make I sure that there it. isn't anything that I'm, yeah. you know, stepping on your toes for in, in these recaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you say we move on to the Bears and Beards and Beards and Booze and Moving on. Bourbons podcast? Yep. Beers and Beards, which it, it sounds the same. It sounds so close. Episode 143, Green River Hoited Bourbon and Light Lager Taste Test. Uh, the only thing we're really going to talk about for this is the light lager taste test that David did. He took four local light lagers because Cincinnati has a ton of them now. It's fantastic. And he decided to kind of put them head to head and rank them based on the ones that he liked the most versus, you know, to the least. He split them up to where he was tasting one every like 15, 20-ish minutes through the episode. Is a bit of a longer episode. It's almost an hour and a half. Um, so if you're not super interested in listening to some talk about bourbon and just their typical rambling conversations, which is fun, but we know a lot of people might not want that. That's why we're only going to talk about the beer tasting. Uh, let's see. They started by mentioning which beers were in the taste test. They had garage beer which there was a whole conversation about, is that actually a Cincinnati beer anymore? Fair. Just because it's brewed here, it's not technically owned by Cincinnati Brewery anymore? I don't know. That's a whole other conversation for a different day. Uh, Cincy Light, Legendary Lager, and Fretboard Light. Mm -hmm. So all pretty decent contenders in the the local light lager sphere. Uh, He was doing a blind tasting, so what he did was he poured... He numbered the bottoms of cups and the bottoms of the cans, poured some into the cups, and then did, like, the the switcheroo. Like, he just tried to make sure that he had no idea which cup was where, and then sipped on them. And then at the end of the episode, he drank the rest. Like, he finished the remainder of the glass to compare them. So the first beer was at the beginning of the episode. So around five minutes in, he was tasting his first beer. Second beer, he tasted at the 17-minute mark. The third beer at the 29-minute mark. And the last beer at the 45-and-a-half-minute mark. So, again, if all you want to know about is the beer side of things, those are your timestamps. And then at the end, about the 50-minute mark, he guessed and ranked the beers. And he actually thought that what he quote-unquote, like, knew to be the best beer mm. was actually his least favorite when everything went head-to-head. Oh, really? So that was interesting. I said that, that was, like I didn't listen. Well, yeah. I, well, you know, you're, for, you're for saying effect. it for the effect. Absolutely. I'm not going to give out the the winners, the uh, well, the, his ranking. I don't want to necessarily say winner, loser, you know, whatever. But if you, because, Marky, you've had all four of these beers. Do you remember them well enough to where you could rank them for... Like, which one you prefer most to prefer least? Like, again, they're all they're all good, but do you have preferences? Or which one would I, you rather drink out of the four if you only... I can tell you which one, one I like the least. Okay. okay. And it's garage beer. Okay. And it's I had it after it was spun off. Mm-hmm. Out of those four, I knew I liked it the least. Mm-hmm. But it's very close between the other three. Like, with the... the uh, Fritboard Light, I had a decent amount of that. I've I've picked it up in six packs. Cincy Light, I've had mm-hmm. that in six packs. And then what was the fourth one? Legendary Lager. Legendary Lager. I've I've had a lot of Legendary Lager. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember Garage Beer was the one that that just stood out to me, where I was on the I was on the 
I was right on the line. I had it at a restaurant, and it mm-hmm. could be, it could be the a restaurant. It could be a could line be. issue, sure, sure. you know. But I had it, and and I almost just gave it back. I think I had it. Didn't they do? They changed the 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 recipe a little bit at one point. Like I think they, they're going to tell you they didn't, but I think it because I, I thought it there had was because I thought there was something that like I had one. And then the next time I had, I'm like, there's something different about this. And I, I, I want to say it's, it's been quite a while that it was both out of a can. So there shouldn't have been any right. line issues, anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, I would, I would have to agree that out of those, those four, I think that garage beer uh, would be the one that I would be kind of least enthusiastic about picking up. If someone said, hey, here are four light lagers for you grab the one that you know strikes you the most but like you said the other three Cincy Light Legendary Lager Fretboard Light they're all very very close in uh, in where they rank on my light lager scale um, kind of all that we really had to talk about for this episode because most of the episode was yeah. I don't want to call it filler because it's all content it's all great conversation but the parts that fit into our wheelhouse for the Cincinnati and craft Cincinnati beer. craft beer were these four right. tasting touch points. Yeah, and and it's that topic is making its its rounds, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like as we have as we have so many offerings, and then we also continue to have more offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fine as yeah. as a topic. Why not have that thrown in there? Right, absolutely. Uh, where you're gonna do something like that it's also it's way easier to compare that style of beer than it is to say go grab four of your favorite ipas from cincinnati right. it's way too right. broad a category i'd agree with that you know so and th- at least this you can compare what this product is supposed to be versus somebody else's product mm-hmm. you know exactly what they're trying to to be from a taste right profile. right like a I know that I'm probably going to get shit from this, but a light lager is a light lager. Yes, you can have your variances, stuff like that, but it's not, like you said, it's not like saying, well, grab an IPA. That that range is so much yeah, bigger and so, so much more extreme much to interpretation. It than is. the range of light lager. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. Uh, let's see kind of move through these a little fast because again those were sort of short episodes also want to not forget to give a shout out to adam for um from adam makes beer yeah he produces content not just so much content not just every month but he puts out content on a daily basis oh my god Um, it's ridiculous yeah again it's good stuff it really is but it is very it is very into the weeds it's just on the brewing and process. High level on that, right? So, right. Don't, don't if you want to know about that information, please seek out Adam's podcast. Please watch mm-hmm. uh, his podcast on on YouTube, and because those are fun and interesting and informative. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, we just it's, it's it's down that path to where it's not. Um, it's not everybody versus like a lot of the, the, the podcasts that we listen to and recap where it, it doesn't matter if you're, all, yeah. yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you're new in a craft beer or new to Cincinnati or any of these things. Like you can, you can pick up and listen to an episode and maybe, maybe enjoy it or not, but it's still something on your level. <laughs> you get into these technical podcasts and 
start listening to some of this stuff that you you can get into very quickly where it's like I just don't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. And that, and that's what you and I have talked about before too where I've tried to watch a couple episodes or listen to a, a few of them on on my podcatcher and I'm like it's it's fascinating but I have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, it's and it's an interesting podcast really. Right, right. And I feel like you would be able to have the kind of conversation you and I could have knowing our different levels of of understanding and experience with brewing beer you would be saying things that i'd be like i don't even know how to respond to this because i don't know what you just said (laughs) please know that is not a knock on his podcast no 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 no, no, is a clarification on you know where you're listening to something for enjoyment or listening to something for information Mm -hmm. and that also enjoyment comes along with it right right his is for information and, and it's it's mainly for people who are deep into brewing yes so whether it's a very avid uh, and passionate home brewer or somebody who's in the business and but yes please i just i just wanted to make sure when we say all cincinnati craft beer media about you know mm-hmm. podcasts and all that stuff we're not forgetting him i guess there is a limitation that we we also try to keep them to be as accessible to as many listeners or viewers as possible and that's one that you have to be on a different scale or a different part of the spectrum in order to be able to really understand and appreciate Adam makes beer fully. I can't appreciate it in the way that you appreciate it. There's some episodes where you, anybody can, can mm-hmm. kind of get an idea, mm-hmm. but yeah, for the most part, it is, it is industry technical stuff. So yeah. just, yeah. and he does a great job with it. Really, really fantastic job with it. So Congratulations I, on, I like on the, a really uh, good podcast. And also, you know, all of the the, the podcasts that he's been on because mm-hmm. of being an industry professional, those are those, that it's, it's quite a great accomplishment. So yeah. keep it up, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Great job. Maybe have you on ours one day. Yeah, that'd be fun. What uh, he does cocktails, too. Yeah, he could he could try to make us a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Show us how to make cocktails. Yeah. Teach us. Teach us everything. One of these days, we're going to have to revisit that uh, that uh, martini podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oof. All right. Um, would you like to dive into Cincy Brewcast or the 37 episodes of Bruce Guys? I think, we're gonna, I think we save Bruce Guys for the end. Okay. Let's that, talk that about Cincy Brewcast since uh, he is not here. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and talk about him. Oh, yeah. Him oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Going to roast the gnome. This roast the gnome. <laughs> Hashtag so, since he brewcast is back. But for how long? Yeah. And we and we say that with love. Of course. We, know, <laughs> we pretend that we uh, are upset at the lack of of continuity with the posting, but it's like we get it. He's a busy it's guy. Fine. He's absolutely. got his own business to run. And Kids, family, holidays. I mean, there's, there's all kinds so of many, stuff. There are only so many hours in the day. Uh, this is season nine, episode eighteen. Madtree steps up and brings their food program in house. Yep. Uh, some of this was talked about on last week's weekly pint. Weekly pint. So yep. some of this may sound like, didn't you guys already talk about this? Y- yes. The answer is yes. But we didn't have the specifics from the podcast itself. Right. Uh, this was also released both on YouTube as a video as well as just audio only. I watched the video. Um, there, there really wasn't a ton of extra that you get from the video versus the audio only. Like, again, Jungle Jim's podcast, that visual aspect 
definitely gives you something extra. Right. Um, since he broadcasts, it's cool to watch like the the physical interactions, you know, the facial expressions, stuff like that. But I don't feel that you get that same extra level of of spice added into it. But it is out there in a visual form as well. Did he well. use any of his newly discovered uh, platform um, emojifications? No. Oh, okay. I was I was kind of upset about that, but I don't know if that's just streaming or if that's like in like recorded video as well. Oh, that's true. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know enough about that side of. We could try and stream it, and figure it out. We can try and mess with it. Apparently, it's some. We're not going to do that. No, no, because apparently that's some specific software or something, and it's like I'm not now. No. no. <laughs> nah, we don't need to do that. So this episode had Brock McMarin. McMarin? I believe that's how you say his last Let's name. Let's go with it. I apologize if that is incorrect. Brock. He is the director of hospitality services, and one of the first questions. That's amazing. There was it's, one of the first questions. What the fuck does that mean? Yes. Okay. Yes, it actually kind of was because they talked about how. Or what do dad be? Well, more of how the like what Madtree is doing and what a lot of other craft breweries are doing. It's no longer just a brewery service that they're offering. It's it is a hospitality service because there's a food element to it. There's the drink element. There are event elements to it. Yes, yes. So Hosting yes, it, it's in a way event space. They did have to sit go weddings, over what that is. Lots of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dog weddings. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, you can do anything stuff. there. True. Uh, they talked about was the shift in their food program a surprise or not? Because apparently some people had no idea that Catch a Fire and Mad Tree's partnership was, I don't want to say coming to a close because it seemed like just like the lease was up and just as they talked about it. So some people were aware that things were changing. Some people, it was completely out of the blue. Uh, Brock didn't really, I don't feel like he really answered that question because he's like I'm I'm involved in it every single day so to me no it it wasn't a surprise and I think that I knew the things that you could look for that could give you the signs that we were going to be changing up how we do this but do outsiders looking in would they have noticed these same things so they did touch on that um how would someone to about interview catch a fire no go interview well, yeah. catch a fire yeah go ask them because they've been such a huge part of mad tree from again, pretty much at the beginning. Yeah, I that know, business uh, started as as a as a food, food truck. truck. Yeah, and then the food truck wound up getting basically permanent food truck mm -hmm. status. Mm -hmm. And then when they that was opened, probably one of the first like permanent food trucks at a brewery, or one that you're like they're most likely always going to be here. Right. And then they went brick and mortar with 2.0. With 2.0. They and had now, the space. They mm -hmm. built the space to be able to have the food partner there. Right. And they are, even though they have their own standalone locations as well, I feel like Catch a Fire is not quite synonymous with breweries, but it's something that if you say pizza and beer, like Catch a Fire is one of those first places that you think of. And with them moving into to being the, the food partner for Westside Brewing, they're keeping that association where if you want pizza and a beer, you get, you know, X brewery and catch a fire. Like, I feel like it's, they're staying very ingrained within that brewery uh, culture or environment. So yeah, no, mom, new episode for that. That could be a, maybe drinking with the gnome because it's not maybe. white beer. Because drinking with the gnome covers a bunch of stuff. I he, don't know. You he makes the rules. He, it's, it's his true. company. That's true. 
He can do whatever he wants with it. All right. Uh, Alcove sparked Mad Tree's desire or idea. Like, we actually could own our own food program at all of our locations. I feel like Mad Tree, it sounded like, was a bit of their test bed, which it's a different kind of food experience. What you what you are going to expect and want from a place like Alcove, which is more of a of an intimate food and dining beverage experience, more so than going to the Oakley Tap Room or, you know, eventually Parks and Rec once that opens here in Blue Ash, you're not going to expect or want the same types of food at both locations. Uh, you're going to be getting high-quality, shareable food that is out fast. Yeah. People don't want to wait an hour for their food. And we mentioned this last week. It's going to be bagel bites, hot pockets, pizza rolls, those kind of things that everybody wants, that everybody loves, but no one has actually done yet. I don't know why there isn't a brewery that also uh, doesn't open up and offer uh, (gasps) Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Um, I'd be down. Pop-Tarts and a cream ale or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Street side. Streets, I could pull that off. Yeah. yeah. Streets, I could do that. All right, streets, I get on it. Yeah. Uh, Pot tarts, <laughs> Julia. Hot or room temperature? It doesn't matter. So, yes? Yes. So, toaster versus just open the package? Yes. Okay. Very I good. mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's... Best pop tart flavor? Strawberry. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, all right. Yep. Frosted or unfrosted? Come on now. It <laughs> has to be frosted. Unfrosted is like someone's punishing you. It's like eating it's a like Fig a, Newton. Yeah, it's like getting an N.A. beer. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> no, it's like I it will, almost tastes like a Pop-Tart, but it doesn't quite taste like n- a Pop-Tart. Now, I will gladly eat an unfrosted Pop-Tart. Like, if that's what you have and that's yeah. what you offer, sure. So, like N.A. beer. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, if that's what you have, I guess I'll have it. But uh, From the talk about Hot Pockets and pizza rolls and bagel bites, pizza evokes a feeling of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of agree with. I mean, yeah. almost or everyone has. for me, has. bubble guts. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, not wrong. But there, there was a time in your life when you could enjoy pizza, though. There was. It's when I was yeah. working at a pizza place. Ironically, so. <laughs> I, I could actually eat. And then when I when I when I stopped working there, uh, is when the I problem. grew up, and then uh, things changed. Maybe you should have stayed working there. Maybe like oh, no. like constantly oh, no, around. No, 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 <laughs> that no, would no, be no. a bad. Hold idea. on. No, 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 no. Who was that? Uh, that was uh, Leon Neeson. So they started talking from, from there about the different beers. Um, mm-hmm. No one was drinking a Safety Falcon. Uh, Brock was not drinking anything, which perfectly fine. He was middle of his work day. He saw stuff that he had to get done. Mad Tree needs a Birds of Prey mixed 12-pack. I like it. Yes. They have a couple bird-named, or they have in the past a couple bird-named beers. I really think that uh, put them all together. Mix it on up and give us a flock. What the flock? Nice. The what the flock 12 pack. What the flock 12 pack. There you go. Matry, yeah. you're welcome. All I ask in return is just invite one us of the to the release. Invite us to the release. Please. <laughs> and maybe one of the 12 packs. That's yeah. all. Please. <laughs> we don't ask for much. Please. Oh, no. What really have we asked for ever? Utopias. Uh, we asked for utopias. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. No. Yeah. Two. We got Yet. two years to, to work this out. We do. We have plans. Yeah. We have. We plans. have plans for what? Twenty twenty five. Yes. Well, we'll get yes. there. How quickly will they evolve from the current familiar food offerings of you know the the all pizza very you know limited simple menu that Catch a Fire has to what Mad Tree's vision is? 
after the bagel bites and the mm -hmm. hot pockets. Yeah, which I feel like that's a pretty easy transition to make. I think you could just do a hard cut from pizza to pizza rolls mm -hmm. and hot pockets. And, and like no one's going to say, man, I really wish I could have gotten one more pizza. You got you got freaking bagel bites with like the little square pepperonis on top of it. Mm -hmm. What more do you need? Yeah. But there will be someone that complains. I mean, that's uh, that's never ending. It is a constant in life. The only things certain in life are taxes, death, and someone's going to complain about the goddamn beer. That's true. <laughs> All right. Timing. They actually talked about timing for the food program going on. Uh, Catch a Fire is out or, you know, the lease is up January 1st, so just a few days from now. There will be some semi-permanent food trucks at Matry seven days a week during most of their open hours, or at least that's what the current plan is. I am excited about the food trucks, though. Red Sesame, which is phenomenal, and Sweets, Meats, and Treats, which is a fantastic barbecue. The plan is uh, hopefully by April-ish, their food program will be in place. Sounds so weird. I mean, that's only... They knew for months they were going to actually move on. Right, but if they don't want to do just pizza and they want to do more than what Catch a Fire's equipment allowed, I don't, again, I, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, let's see. Look for the daycare corner coming soon to 2.0 and Parks and Rec when Parks and Rec opens. They're mm -hmm. going to have a dedicated space where you can just drop off your kid in a dedicated corner of the brewery. Like Ikea. And then exactly, exactly like Ikea, you just walk away and let a Mad Tree employee entertain your child for an hour or two while you have your drinks. Somebody needs to give 16-year-olds jobs. And that's a perfect that would be a, uh, that would be a good one. babysitting uh, job. Yeah. Um, how many 16-year-olds do you know? Because I don't know any. I'm trying to think, do I know any 16-year-olds that I would, like, trust to do, like, semi-run a daycare? And I don't I know. I used to know a 16-year-old, but then they turned 18. Yeah. As, as they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they talked about how sometimes it's fun to just shut off the event side of breweries and not always have to have a thing happen and just, just be a bar. You walk in, you get a drink, and that's it. There's nothing extra. There's nothing... No big installments, no, you know, random events happening on certain days of the week. It's just, you always know what you're going to get when you walk into a space. And maybe Matri will work on that for uh, Matri 4, which will come after Parks and Rec. The Quattro. Quattro over on the west side. It'll happen. I'm speaking it into existence. Matri on the west side? Yeah, the mad side. They could. Sure. <laughs> they could buy west side. No. Nope, nope, nope. I should, I should mute your microphone for even daring to say such a thing. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But no, absolutely. When's Westside no. Food going in? The reason I bring it up is because it's Catchify. Yeah, Catchify. That's that's a good question. I do not know, but maybe okay. I can convince uh, my Josh that we should stop by soon and just ask. Just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Just question the bartenders. Hey, Chris, I know you're a big listener of the show. When is Catch a Fire going to be opening their doors? Oh, within, open up their doors. Within the tap room. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, I did actually have a multiple choice question no for this. No way. I, it's true. It's true. I don't have wow. them for all the episodes this week, but I do have them for a couple. Was there anything else before I get to that that you wanted to touch on for season nine 
episode 18 of the Cincinnati Brewcast? No, I don't have it. We, we, uh... My multiple choice question that I did not tell you about before we started you recording. Didn't. So you are not kind of panicking. I'm not going to bring the D. You know, why not? Okay. All right. It's, a, it's, it's what we do. Okay. Well, it's what you do. I, I have nothing to do with that part of things. Right. What This is part of the visual that you got from watching this episode on YouTube. Okay. What did Gnome do with the lime on his beer? A, he squeezed the lime into the beer. B, he bit into it and then took a drink of the beer. Or C, he just set it aside. God, Julia, D. <laughs> I bring the D. That will Thanks never get the, old. Thanks for all the advance notice. Yeah. Uh, or D, uh, did he squeeze the lime, suck the lime, and then for some reason uh, lick his hand like as if Ooh, he had tequila? Like a tequila shot? You know, like, hmm. Did he do that? I mean, that was actually kind of a combination of A, B, and C. So D, all the above. Well, right? yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Big, big time. Excellent. Uh, before we get to 37 different episodes of Bruce Guys, need to take a break? I think we need refill? to reload. All right. We may even need to break in between those. It's a lot. It's actually, it is. It's, it's a lot. It's amazing. Like everything we're about to talk about for Bruce Guys is freaking phenomenal. Because not only do we, we've got the three Jim Cook episodes, mm-hmm. which we could probably talk an hour about. Oh, uh, easily. And yeah, then yeah. we have that, what, hour the and a hour half? hour and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> we oh may have God. to two-part this. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's see. All right. We'll get refills, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. Uh, so hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. Right back. We have made it. Back. And there are a lot of people running around Summit Park right now. It is pitch black. So I just see a lot of headlamps and flashlights and the Nox gear, like light-up vests and all kinds of stuff for them to stay visible because as we've seen cars drive up and down this freaking road, cars aren't paying attention. No. No matter how illuminated you may be, it's not going to be enough, but that way you can at least say you should have seen me when you were doing your 37-point turn to try to make a UE in between, you know, the two sides of the street. Yeah. it's Happens way too often. So weird. Yes. Strange. Uh, What do you say we talk about all things Bruce guys? Because we got a lot to talk about. Because we got a lot to talk about. about. Uh, Would you like to do the hour and a half long, like, 2023 Bruce Guys Booze News wrap-up first? Or do you want to talk about the hour and a half long Bruce Guys interview, three-part interview with Jim Cook first? I want to talk about the hour and a half long Bruce Guys. Booze News? No. No, Jim Jim Cook. Cook. Oh, okay, okay. I figure, why not... (laughs) And our podcast <laughs> on their 2023 wrap-up. That sounds fantastic. All right. So this episode, well, this ep- these are, it's, it was one interview, one long conversation mm-hmm. that they cut into three separate either podcast episodes or YouTube videos. So you can watch this interview on YouTube or just listen to it. This is Bruce Guy's episodes 18, 19, and 20. Uh, part 18 or episode 18 is about 40 minutes long. 19 is about 28 minutes long. And episode 20 is around 32 minutes long. You can kind of listen or watch them in any order. 
Like I think they segmented yeah. them well, but the fl- the you miss a bit of the flow from one topic to another. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend listening to them in order: part one, then two, then three. But you could you could take them out of order, and you're still going to get some absolutely amazing content from Mike and Jim. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think the 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 timeline or continuity necessarily is is a must going one two three although mm-hmm. it it does follow somewhat of a, a timeline Correct. however yes those those episodes can be listened to in any order on their own mm-hmm. for sure so we're we'll just go in order part one then two then three i figure that makes the most sense yeah all right so episode 18 or part one which i'm calling a history of sam adams their stalking of jim cook finally paid off it's very interesting on how that happened, yes. especially since yes. uh, Brett collaborated with Sam Adams. Apparently, you would think that Brett would know a guy, but it turned out random bar napkin knew a guy. Right. As it turns <laughs> out, you just like, meet what? a guy and then uh, bar napkin. Right. And I mean, the, the best stories happen on bar napkins, and this is... 100% one of those best stories. Uh, the interview was composed entirely by Michael Morgan. Michael D. Morgan. Michael, Michael brings, brings the, the D. Morgan, Morgan. Because Brett was the Grand Marshal at the Carnival Festival down in, in Brazil. Brazil. So he had to miss this. But, I mean, again, they've collaborated with Sam Adams, so I'm sure that he is very good friends with people that could, you know introduce them should uh, should Brett feel so you're just holding out on Mike basically yeah. basically yeah yeah Brett could have gotten the interview he just was like mm, that involves yeah. picking up the phone because Jim doesn't have a cell phone and I don't like talking on the whole you know, he has one the it's whole just, social anxiety the, thing we talked about earlier the flip the clamshell the clamshell yeah. man those are so satisfying to like snap shut if you're mad at someone yeah because you can't do that now no you just poke angrily at a screen it doesn't, like, it doesn't do anything hang up on no. you no or the old school phones, like the actual like, corded home phones, when you were really mad and slammed the receiver down, the little ding at the end. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Jim said that his blood alcohol content is at a constant 0.6%. <laughs> He's like, I'm always just legal. Everything is always just, just he did, fine. He did say that. It was amazing. Like the, the introduction and like the kind of, hey, you know, I'm sitting here with Jim Cook and this is this and like, Jim's personality, his speaking voice, all that, like this whole, these, all three of these episodes were so soothing to listen to Sure, in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. uh, Let's see. So this was, uh, this episode, the history of beer in the Cook family and and Boston beer. And did you know Jim isn't a Jim? I didn't know that until I listened. I mean, you know, I'm sure that it's been in other publications, that kind of thing, but. Yeah, he's an Augustus. He's. He, uh, he. You know what? He would not take offense to that. No. If as you listen to these three episodes, he would not take offense to being called part of uh, of the Bush family, being <laughs> called an Augustus. I mean, you know, hits out on his life, as we'll get into, and in, I think that was episode, episode two, two. But I mean, good lord. <laughs> uh, technically, they are the largest American brewery right now. All the other big names have kind of sold out or partnered with international corporations and big old conglomerates. Yeah, they're not. So, they're not American owned. Right. Exactly. So Sam Adams, Boston American Beer owned. is 
probably the last or maybe the only current or the largest. And they do current. go into that. It's it's uh, them and then the, the yingling. Yes. Family. Yes. Which, man, just hearing, like, oh, yeah, the yinglings, they're, they're great people, this and that. I'm like, how Hold cool on would there. that be to just, like, have that access to just talk to these people, like, on a whim? Holy cow. And I knew that, like, Jim worked his ass off to get to where he is, to where, to get Boston Beer, Sam Adams, to get all of this to where it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is, but he has still managed to stay incredibly humble and respectful about everyone else in the industry. Mm-hmm. as he was growing the business. Uh, Jim Cook's dad liked to piss off brewers <laughs> and yeah. companies. It turns and out. pretty much everyone that he talked to, in, including Jim. But one of the things that he Augustus. told Jim... Yes. Adolphus. Oh, he would... <laughs> Boy, can you... Okay, so can you picture, and, and I'm saying this having not met any of these people, get Jim Cook's dad in a room with Augustus Bush. <laughs> and just like, let's just air your grievances right now. <laughs> Holy cow, who would walk out alive? I would, I would put you my money who. on Mr. Cook, absolutely. You know who would, that's right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. One of the most amazing phrases that Jim said that his dad told Augustus, as you were saying, about <laughs> the quality of his beer. Or no, it was one of the other smaller breweries, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 my bad. Uh, our truth, he told, he told AB, he said, you know what? When it comes to the quality of your beer, I wouldn't put that in my enema bag. Yeah. Which, the man does not mince words. No. In any way, shape, So what you're saying is, hmm. you know, you don't, you, you don't care for it. It's a little bit not my thing. You don't care for it. A little bit not my thing. But what he did impart in Jim is that if you're going to do this, if you're going to brew beer as a career choice, even though I think it is an absolutely terrible idea and this is the dumbest thing that you have ever said you want to do, it 100% has to be about quality. If you don't have consistent quality, any business that you're in, that's going to fail. And Jim really took that to heart, and he's like, I'm going to make a beer that is, is more flavorful and bolder than what is currently there, and it will be consistently top quality, the best non-yellow, like light yellow, watery, lightly carbonated beer that everyone else is, is drinking and making today. Yeah, and they, they talk about uh, things like the... the the freshness date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen labels where they use the notch system that they talked about, and it's just like, what in the world is this? You have, like, three little, you know, hanging chads on, on the side of my beer, you know, the, the beer bottle, and you have no idea what that means. Well, Sam Adams uh, Boston Beer mm-hmm. does use a notch system now. Oh, they do? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do bought they a still six have pack. the printed? Good. I, I bought a six-pack of um, the remastered. Uh, Sam Adams mm-hmm. uh, the day after this came out and only the day after because I went looking for it the day this came out to drink while watching and my local grocery store was completely sold out of Boston what? Lager Wow! sold out of Boston wow. Lager All yeah right. so right. the next day I when I found Boston Lager I was like well I'll take this um, but yeah there's a there's a notch on the side of the bottle now there's still the printed date though because that's what what Jim was saying like we want to make sure that this is something that it's pretty easy you to don't read need a specific well because they have like they still have like the months and stuff on it like they still have the month is what yeah, yeah. the month is what's <coughs> notched 
Okay, I see what you're saying. That's right. What, what I was thinking is the um, go grab one. Okay, the what, what Jim Cook was talking about is on some of these beer bottles, beer labels. There was only like a series of notches or little clips taken out of the label that unless you had the specific kind of brewery code card for the placement of those notches would indicate a month or a day or a year, you had no way of knowing how fresh your beer was unless you had like that little code card. What Boston Beer, what Sam Adams wanted to do is actually have like an something to where you could right. look at it and anyone could tell when is that beer Best Buy or when was it bottled or canned without having to have like the um, like the secret decoder ring from another specific From brewery. a Christmas story. Exactly. That exactly. says drink more Ovaltine. It, 100%, yes, yes. So what you have so, on the bottle now on yeah. the label are the months on the side of the label. And, and it says enjoy before month notched. Yes. And so then, so what I thought you meant is they didn't that they no longer had the months because that still gives you an easy to read way to see the date. It's not just a random missing little chunk of the label that you're like, is was this just a manufacturing error that this got like nicked off or does this actually mean something? And I think I've told this story on the podcast before. If not, I know I've told you personally, but there was um, many, many years ago, um, I picked up a case of a sample pack of, of Boston beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was out of coat. Yeah. And I actually submitted... Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up my landline. <laughs> I picked up my landline. I called Boston yeah. Beer, and I gave them the specifics that they were looking for off of my receipt. And I wound up getting a check signed uh, from Jim Cook and a letter about the freshness and all this other mm. stuff. So I still have the letter. I was just somewhere. To say, you have a frame. Did you ever cash the check? I did. Well, what I did, and I bought Boston Beer. Okay. Okay. Because um, that would have been one of those things where I would be like, you know what, maybe I'm gonna, you know, eat this one and just like, fr- you know, frame or right. the check and all. I thought that. about it, but I was like, you know what, I, I, I think he'd want me to buy more to buy Boston more beer. beer, which you're probably gonna do anyway. So but, yeah, right. Yeah. So I used his money to buy a, a fresher pack of Jim Boston bought you beer. Some beer. Yeah, Jim bought that's me a beer. A, Jim's never bought me a beer. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and again, their kind of commitment to that, that quality mm-hmm. and being consistent. Like if, they, if you find something that's not, let us know and we'll make it right, however that may be. Uh, sometimes it does mean you have to pick up the phone, though, which, again, thrown back into that whole uh, social anxiety kind of thing. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, they were the first beer to pass the Rheinheiskaboot and be distributed in Germany, which is absolutely huge. I don't think a lot of people realize that the trials and tribulations of trying to get a beer distributed in Germany was such a big thing and that Sam Adams is able to claim it is again another really cool thing for a Cincinnati beer company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else do we have in episode 1, well, episode 18, part 1 of the of this episode. Uh, Jim was actually really happy about having a low regional percentage rate of the beer market. And when he was talking to, I believe it was Augustus about this, who had like a 50 or 51% <laughs> shareholder or like, yeah. like stake in it. 
Jim's like, man, I'd hate to be you with all that. I'm, I'm happy with my like three, four percent, whatever, whatever that number was. And I guess like, well, why? And Jim goes, I can double mine. Mm-hmm. I can grow. Yeah. You, he basically you said, I can do something you can't do. Yes. Yes. And he's like, what can I do? Well, what you can't do is double your business. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah. So that's absolutely fantastic. Jim felt like he was winning. Yeah. Uh, they talked about how Sam Adams started doing so incredibly well while other local breweries were dying off. A lot of that had to do with marketing and things that we'll get into in episode 19, episode, part yeah. two. Uh, and then one of the last notes that I had for this part of the interview was Cook's dad was told, or uh, yeah, Cook's dad was told to dump his batch of Boston lager because it wasn't water. Yep. It had too much flavor. It had color to it. They're like, no one wants this. They want pale yellow, light, flavorless, nothing. It's amazing. You need, you need to dump this and look where we are now. That's amazing. Uh, we listen to a lot of craft beer media and we have listened to a lot of the stuff that Jim Cook has been on locally and talked about locally. That is one story that I hadn't heard before. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. And that's made and, and a lot of this is if you're if you are deep enough into Cincinnati craft beer, a lot of these stories, a lot of these things you've probably heard before, but have you heard Jim tell the story himself? Like, I know for me, a lot of these things that I'm like, okay, I knew that, I knew that. I knew them from what other people were talking about. Mm-hmm. I knew them from references that Brett and Mike would make on Brew Sky mm-hmm. or what, you know, the gnome would, you know, throw out on one of his episodes of Cincy Brewcast or, you know, a Cincinnati beer book or going to the Spring Grove Beer Barons beer event and having the Dawsons talk about, you know, the the Cook family and, and that legacy in Cincinnati but actually hearing Jim himself recap his Cincinnati craft beer life is something that, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm kind of slightly geeking out over it still. I want to say <laughs> shout out to that guy at the bar. Yeah, Because, you know, it, like, you have your circle of friends, whoever yeah. you are, whoever you're listening to. For you to be that comfortable with dropping someone's information to somebody that you just met at a bar because they desperately want to talk to you about your 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 business and the, the way things were used to be, how you got started and the way things are going and, and you know, all the other things. It's like, shout out to that guy at the bar because um, he just uh, pretty much just uh, outed his friend. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, here, let me give you his personal cell phone yeah. number. And if he doesn't pick up, here's a secretary's number. One of the two will answer. But I think some of that, too, is... When they were having this conversation in the bar, I think that this random stranger probably could tell Mike's genuine passion for Cincinnati craft beer, for wanting to tell or have the the Jim Cook story told properly, you know, preferably, preferably by Jim. And I think that when you have that genuine, like, passion and just desire to spread that information out or you know try to try to do it right like i have a feeling mike the way that he was talking to this guy it wasn't oh i just want to i just want to be able to say that i that you know that brett and i that we've interviewed jim cook it, it wasn't that it wasn't i want to get something out of this it was i want to experience 
his story in his own words. How many more beer history books and how many different uh, Cincinnati uh, physical structures does Mike have to save without <laughs> without this guy at the bar for Jim Cook to say, you know what, I'll sit down and talk with you. I, I have like an hour before I have, what was it, like a, a engagement uh, party or some a, anniversary uh, party? A rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner, yeah. yeah. He was like, oh yeah, I got to be there in 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know where you are in relation to that, but yeah. this could be, uh, you could be flying. Yeah. All right, so episode 19, which is part two. Moving on. I called this episode Public Enemy Number One in Beer. Uh, yes. Because this is where Jim talked about August Bush III deciding Jim was the enemy mm-hmm. when Boston Beer won GABF. Best beer in America. Apparently, AB InBev's FBI, like they have their own FBI division to their company, which yes. is both surprising and not surprising all at the same time. Somehow, right. like, oh my God, they have that. But then at the same time, well, shit, of course, why wouldn't they have that? You know how many countries they're in? You know how shady some of those countries are? Oh my are? God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like. well, just think about how, how I guess going to one of his distributors warehouses and, and keep mm-hmm. me on track here because I don't have this specific thing written down. The distributor warehouse. Yeah. And saw, you know, a banner for Boston Lager, you know, best, best beer, in, beer America. in America. And he's just looking at that going, you need to take that down right now. Did you put that up there? And like, he's grilling the guy. The poor guy is probably shitting himself. Like, I just work here, man. I don't know who put that up. We are shipped all kinds of promotional materials and we just hang it up on the walls. I don't know. We'll take it down. I, I don't know if we can. So they spent like three hours looking for like a scissor lift to try to take this banner down from the ceiling. And I don't know if they ever actually took it down or not, or if that just started the the Bush war against Jim. Like, Yeah, that's the that, moment. That fucker put this up there to spite me. Yeah. And that was where yeah. all of a sudden... Like Jim hung it himself. Right, right, exactly. It's like, no, they... I don't know. The last, you know, couple shipments of beer, this was part of it, and we hang up yeah. stuff from the breweries that I we I like it better with. with Jim hanging it himself. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I absolutely do you too. Tell, you won. tell August... Yes, I hung this. I hung this purely to spite him, which I don't think Jim is a spiteful bone. Again, knowing the guy personally, as I do just by listening to you know these episodes. Look, you don't grow that big as a company without having an assassin at the top of the company. He yeah, is, yeah, he yeah, is yeah. a clearly uh, engaging and jovial person. He's a Harvard grad. Uh, but He made the mistake of graduating law school, but he never took the bar. He did. He didn't pass. Oh, I thought he said that he... Uh, he took the bar. Oh, he took it, but he did... Okay, okay, I misunderstood that. And I feel it. like almost that he took it... They The reference that he might have taken it even recently. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like this was a very yeah. new... Because he was at a thing, oh, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, oh, yeah, I'm graduating tomorrow. Where I'm, right. Yeah, and it, we're, we were jumping so, so all but over I like the story better where Jim hung it and yes. told him, hey, you tell August I said F off. Yeah. What was so interesting about kind of the beginning part of, you know, basically Jim being told, don't park anywhere super dark. Like, make <laughs> like sure someone it, knows where you're like, going. And like, when you get there, like, call someone before the you information get out of your you car. give someone when they're visiting New oh Orleans. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, don't walk down the don't, don't walk do down this. the alleys. Don't do this. Don't. If, someone, if someone like whistles, don't turn to look to see where it's coming. Right. Just just go where you're supposed to be. And don't. check your bag. 
before you get to the airport. Yes. It's like, yeah, yes. it's, it's like deconstruct your car to make sure that when you get back to your car, someone has you have a like mirror on a, on a telescoping exactly, uh, to uh, handle to look underneath your car. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. Like insane. And, and you know, Jim's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, that, that's, that's funny. funny. And then he's like, oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I he tells you the moment when he's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, this shit. Like you were for real, for real. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you, 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 you know, they, hmm, they meant that. They, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. And then what's, what's funny is, is. August and them were so concerned with, you know, well, we need to be the biggest beer, you know, in America, the largest beer, the best beer in America and all that. Then the fucking Brazilians bought them out. That's you know, because like they, they were so worried about the, about the guy in the yes. 1% yes. that they didn't pay attention. The guy in the, in, the, in the denim button-down shirt, they were so concerned about him that they didn't realize that these little strategic moves being made by these other chess players in the global beer world were coming in and... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. There were some really interesting things, though, such as something that I didn't know. Sam Adams was kicked out of AB wholesalers. Distributorship needed to be changed over. Like they were pretty much saying, they as in AB. Yeah. Either you stop selling the Sam Adams stuff, or you lose us as your customer. And they were the ones that were paying the bills. Oh, of course. So and and Jim, that's how a lot God, of these houses a, are right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Jim's such a a good guy that he's like i don't blame him for doing that they had they had bills to pay they had families to feed so yeah that's I understand a very that. understanding and very gracious way of looking about it mm-hmm. I, I have to think that's the public facing face of that oh i'm sure that there is a ruthless streak in there because I, I you don't so. get yeah but but the the way that he presents his story and i do believe that he is a genuinely humble guy but right you do have to have some teeth behind the smile when of course when you're you know building this kind of a company uh let's see uh one of the other things that that ab and bev i don't think it was ab and bev yet but just ab was trying to do to kill off sam adams was trying to force breweries to put the location that the beer was brewed in or the brewery that was brewing the beer. I found that interesting. Brewing on the label. I found that interesting because I I, I didn't realize how much, and now I knew when they started after, you know, Jim Cook, you know, the the story about him making Boston lager Mm -hmm. at his home on his stove and then growing the business, that they were contract brewed. Right. Right. All the way up until they purchased the facility Mm -hmm. here in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's when they transitioned from contract brewing. Yeah. So for all that time, as he was building the business and, and winning Best Beer in America, which by the way, they won that in their like first, first year, year of operation. Right, right, and they won it like three or four years in a row. Yeah, and yeah. then they didn't enter one year and then they, they entered again and won it again. Yep. But all of that was contract brewed. Right, and Jim even said in the interview, like we never tried to hide that the beer wasn't made at a specific location, but we at least had on the label brewed in Philadelphia brewed in they might not have said the specific brewery that they were contracting but he's like we always put where it was brewed and the funny thing wasn't and I forget if Mike or Jim said this all of the the breweries around here that are contract brewing they might put like some of them do like I know wooden cast for a while you know had you know on the label you know this is brewed you know under contract you know here and here and here but he's like all this time, no one's ever put, you know, contract brewed by this because 
those companies were making the beer. It was being made in their facilities, but they didn't own the recipes. They didn't own the quality control. That was all still Boston beer going into those breweries, th- to that location saying. And I think what he was saying is that AB mm-hmm. was putting that it was brewed in, in St. Louis. Right. When and it could be brewed at any of like eight Budweiser facilities across the world. Right. Right. It, that, that was very interesting. That's that's a bit of detail that... And I say eight, his, like, just as a number. It could be... They sure, could have sure. seven, they could have 11, they could have 12, 36, it, whatever. who knows. Right, right. Um, this is kind of the last note that I had on this episode because we don't want to talk over every single thing that Jim says because we really... It sounds like we are, you, but believe but me, no, we're there's not. there's so much we're more not. to it. Uh, Jim is not a jerk, and he does not play polo. Yeah, correct. Yes, and that was some lawyery stuff that they started to get yeah. to. Yeah, you'll get into you'll oh, watch fantastic. it. And you'll get into that. You'll understand that completely. Absolutely. Uh, anything else on episode nineteen, aka part two, aka public enemy number one in beer? I want to know what was Jim drinking uh, because clearly Mike yeah. Mike was drinking Boston yeah. Lager. Jim was drinking something uh, lighter. like lighter, he and had he had a Lager. can. Yes, and yes. I think in, and it was a, a sixteen ounce can. Yeah, if it I'm was. Not it mistaken. was. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a taller. So I wonder if that can was the uh, Noble Pills that uh, uh, I don't know. Right, I, right. It. I wonder if it's something they picked up from the brewery. Like the tap room over, yeah, versus yeah. the actual manufacturing facility. Right. Uh, ready to move on to episode 20, Jim Cook Part 3, a.k.a. Jim the Savior? Do we need to take a break? Yeah, we, we need to take, take a break. <laughs> All right. We'll be right having back. Having a lot with, of water today. We'll be right back with even more Jim Cook goodness. So. Jim Cook goodness. I don't know. I'm trying. Okay. No, we'll, let's, we'll, let's go. We'll be right Jim back. Cook goodness. <laughs> Jim we'll Cook be right back. We have actually made it back. And Mark, I'm still working on my drummer boy. I'm, I'm taking it a little slow today because I Christmas. drank way too much on Christmas. I don't so. know anybody who did that. Who? But uh, you have a fresh pour in your glass as you're going in between some water. What, what you got? Yeah, I'm having a lot of water today. Yes. Uh, I have Imperial Headhunter. Absolutely. Because when that's on tap, just like hop juju, you gotta have it. You gotta do it. You gotta have you it. Got to and do I it. was going in between. You know, do I do hop slam? Do I do imperial headhunter? Mm-hmm. Hop slam is a delicious beer. Probably gonna get that one next. Okay. Uh, but uh, imperial headhunter is slightly fresher. Um, Fair. So, but Fair. yeah. All right. So I will mention this again at the end of the episode. But we are going to finish out. This episode of Truth, Beer, and Podsequences with part three of the Jim Cook episode. Yeah. And then we're going to do a separate episode for recapping Bruce Guy's Booze News, their their Christmas episode. Calling an audible on this one. Yes. It's, just, just, it's, it's a it, timing thing. Yeah, it's the amount of time that... I mean, we knew that Bruce Guy's was going to take up a large portion of time. Mm-hmm. As we get to talking and covering it, it just... it. It makes more sense for us to cut this episode. Right. Depending then, on if you're listening to this on, on the Patreon version, which is unedited other than the silences being cut out, or the main version, we're already at over an hour and a half. And we can probably talk for another 20 minutes just on this episode of Bruce Guys with Jim Cook. So we are going to do, it's not going to be a bonus episode, but it's going to be like a part two for this episode of Truth Beer Pod where we talk about Bruce Guys Booze News. Again, just to kind of make... 
kind of my life a little easier editing wise and that way there aren't a lot of podcasts that people want to listen to that are two plus hour long shows right i do not a true crime podcast exactly so let's get right into episode 20 jim cook part three although last episode there was a little bit of true crime possibility true I mean, Thanks for being around still, Jim. Not that I want would have wanted any of that to happen, but man, that would have been like that's almost as good as like the George Remus story. You know what I mean? Like that would oh. that that would have been up there. Whew. If you don't know about George Remus, look that up. Holy crap. Absolutely insane guy. All right. Let's go ahead and finish up our episode with part three, Jim the Savior. Where the he, Savior. Jim where saves beer. Pretty much. I mean, very humble about it. Him and I'm sure a a decent sized team that he works with, but without his dedication to quality and and the like, who knows? Uh, It started off with Jim finding that the English were more successful at keeping clean hop fields than Germany was. Ah, Who knew? And he took that into German noble hop growers and saved the whole goddamn hop market. He had to (laughs) hide uh, the fact that uh, this is... uh, evidence or, or, or um, SOPs from the English, because the German yes. wouldn't have accepted that. They were like, fuck off. Right. It was like, hey, here's... No, the English do this it. this way, and it's so it's, much yeah, better. It, right. And they'll, the Germans would be like, okay, what I want to do is tell you to fuck all the way out. Uh-huh. And, they, and they would have, and we would not be yeah. where we are today. So Jim had to, to, to be a little... Um, it just had to he maybe... Had to finesse it a little bit. He was like, hey, yes. so, so what about... What if we what did if, this? What if before we send the horses into the hop fields to kind of plow and harvest the hops, what if we rinse all the shit off Just of give the them a little bit of a bath. The, and the hooves, exactly. Clean things up a little bit so we're not tracking things from field to field. Like, wait a minute. You mean not having uh, an, any any uh, cross-contamination possibilities? That's weird. Hmm. No, we can try that. Sure. We'll give yeah. that a shot. And in addition to that... They realized that the current, current at that point in time in history, hop harvesting schedule mm-hmm. was just off. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted the most beautiful looking vines, cones, and vines. Like they, they, they wanted, cones. They wanted Everyone the most beautiful, green, perfect looking cones. Cones. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Mark is mm-hmm. saving my ass time and time again. And instead, they're like, no, 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 no. There are no cougars here. We want them middle-aged hops. Yeah. We want the ones that are a little brown on the edges. We want the ones that have gone through some life. Yeah. Because a that's where... A little bit of a where, dead tooth. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that's, where, that's where these terpenes, these oils, the, 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 the meat of the hop... That sounds weird, but sounds you probably weird, but know I what think, I you mean, know saying. You can follow us down this road. That's where we will actually get the best out of these hops. It's not when they are bright green and what everyone considers the freshest. You want them to kind of age on the vine a bit before mm-hmm. we harvest them and use them. Yep. And that also changed the entire trajectory of beer brewing, really. Like figuring out when to harvest and use these hops mm-hmm. because it wasn't how it was typically done. So... Not only did uh, Jim Cook save brewing by uh, basically putting practices in place to German hop, hop farms to save basic the noble hop. To, yes, yes. But he also 
clued them in onto how, through science, science, uh, they were Jim Cook, the brewer guy. They were harvesting too early. Yeah. So that's amazing. And having finally visited a hop yard. Yes. Shout out to, to Dave and Ohio Valley Hops. Seeing that, like, yeah, when you see those cones, like, full green and full, like, I, I, I'd I want to pick them then, too. Right. Because they look amazing. Yep. But when you understand, like you just said, the science behind it and how all the different pieces inside of those hops continue to evolve and mature as it ages a little bit on the on the, the vine and the vine, you get something even better than what you were previously working with. You get more with less. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Uh, in another way that he was a savior of craft beer, he sold 40,000 pounds Thousand. of hops. Hops don't weigh a lot. 40,000 pounds of hops. That is a... That, that I mean, it's 40,000 pounds, not a ton. Don't at me. That's a lot of hops. Well, it's he, it's 40,000 pounds. It doesn't matter whether it's feathers, bricks, or hops. Right, it's, it's still 40,000 40, pounds. Well, but what I was going to say is, like, that's a ton of hops. Well, no, it's not a ton. It's blah, blah, blah. It's you know, 40, I, I was pounds. doing that whole, you know... Yeah, let's punch that person in the face. I tried to make face. a joke, and it just... Got punched in the face. Basically. No, we're fine. No, we don't. We aren't punching Julie. <laughs> but he sold that many that that quantity of hops to to around two hundred small breweries. Yep. And probably saved basically the other people that were competing. Right. With Boston beer, because Jim felt it was the right thing to do. Like we're not. Yeah. There's a healthy level High of high tides raises ships. Or, or whatever or it is that Danny ships rises all tides. Whatever Danny said. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 we do see that. And I know that I've commented on that about the craft beer community and local breweries before that. There there is that healthy level of competition where they want their own businesses to do well, but if a neighboring brewery needs cans because of COVID and they can't have people sit in their tap room, or if they're out a couple pounds of, of malt or hops for something that they're brewing, they it, work together. It makes it's sense. A collaboration. It makes yeah. sense to just be nice to people. However, how much of that brewery culture, and I'm talking about in between breweries themselves, mm. actually stemmed out because Jim Cook himself was willing to be that gracious right. to other breweries. Right, absolutely. So it's like if, if Jim's willing to do this, mm-hmm. then who am I? To, to not be that way. Right. And and kind of a, in that same vein, I know that Rheingeist will work with local breweries to like help test their beers and test their ingredients and make sure things are good on that side. Does Sam Adams they do. do that as well? I, I, I thought they did, they but do. I didn't want to speak out of turn because I haven't heard that as recently as I've heard of, you know, Rheingeist doing that. But a couple other notes on episode three which rounds out the interview with jim cook new england ipas i did not know this came about came about via a happy accident well it had to be a happy accident because nobody did nobody knew the science and did this on purpose no a brewer um, just happened to go oh i need to put some hops in the tank pick the wrong tank and history was born or just it, <laughs> here you go you're gonna out science me no <laughs> it, my it's not necessarily the wrong tank it's just no. he's like I know we really should wait a day or two, but uh, I'm not going to be here, so fuck it. We're going to yeah. throw it in. 
And so, yes, there's this biotransformation that happens. And then he's talking about unlocking, you know, this and that the yeast through this process unlocks this and that, mm -hmm. you know, from the, from the, the, the oils, from the hops and so on and so forth. But he, and he's very he, he's correct. Maybe they plan to do it. Maybe this brewer is going on vacation on on Wednesday versus Friday. And right. so they just we like, I'm not going to be here. Gonna so we're it. just yeah. going to have to yeah. do it uh, or, you know, whatever. But. But the so to say accident or planned, you know, vice versa, whatever, they didn't know what it actually was going to do. Right. And so and what was cool was it wasn't until they had a female scientist. I was like, oh, I know exactly why this exactly. is happening. Yes. And it was just yes, like, yes. holy shit, this is this just like unlocked the keys to the universe kind of moment right. for them, which still, was amazing. Still not my f favorite style of IPA, although I, I used to finding be, I out. have to be in the mood for him now, so I keep stepping over you. No, that's fine. Okay. But finding out that yes, Jim, even Jim Cook agrees that unlike other sort of things in the beer world, this was just this is a new scientific hard fact evidence way of saying this is a different way to unlock potential, which is everything that we do with the grain, the water, the yeast, the hops mm -hmm. in a brewing process is to unlock the potential. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, last note that I had, Jim ends this interview in the most spectacular way possible by insulting the hell out of Brett. Yeah. It was wonderful. It's great. It's <laughs> great. What's funny is he talked about him like he knew him, mm -hmm. which by the way, they had met in the past. Mm -hmm. And yet I go all the way back to episode one and Mike had to get his information uh -huh. from some guy at a bar on a bar napkin when clearly Brett has met Jim. Brett was busy in Brazil leading carnival with nipple tassels and who knows what other kind of flair. Big deal. Tassels are a big deal. True that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to end episode 126 part one part of one. Beer pod, pod here because, again, we're at almost two hours. So we are going to be doing a part two of episode 126, where the only the thing we're going to be recapping is, hopefully a little more briefly than this, is uh, Bruce Guy's <laughs> Booze News and their 2023 recap, basically. Yeah. We're going to be recapping their recap. So thank you for coming along this very long journey with us. Keep an eye out for part two of this episode. It should be dropping over the weekend. It's not going to be, you know, too far out from when this episode comes out. If you like what we've done in this episode, we are at TruthBeerPod on all the social media platforms. Our email address, truthbeerpod at gmail.com. If you want to go to our website where you can find stuff on how to be a Patreon subscriber and get all of our episodes with only the silences cut out. So you get all the things that I say that I go, oh shit, why did I say that? Or I said truthbeerpod.com all the links are there and if you like beer events specifically Cincinnati beer events but you don't know how the hell to find out about all of them check out our, our uh, sister podcast Cincy Beer Events it's wherever the podcasts are uh, with that being said we are going to wrap this one up get ready for part two and we will catch you guys on the flip side oh, actually what are, what are you going to be doing in like 10 minutes Marco uh, here you this cheers, cheers. people <laughs> we'll see you guys in just a bit bye